Welcome to Concise Kansaratwa, your weekly source of satire on everything from drugs to thugs. The parliament session is always a time when civility and decency take a vacation and their place is taken by cacophony and pandemonium. Inside those exalted and hallowed halls of democracy emerge heroes who distinguish themselves by fighting their way, sometimes literally through the injustice of being in the opposition. In this parliament session, amidst the ongoing invasion by the Chinese, I mean the pandemic, not their sissy, uh, hissy fits at the border, the heroes of havoc were Derek O'Brien, Sanjay Singh and a few others. We can leave the others out for now, but what made a once respected role model for school children behave like a drunken pirate captain who has found out that his first mate has pocketed a doubloon from the treasure chest? How did a renowned quiz master, who popularized quiz contests, stoop to the level of breaking mics and tearing pages, despite speaking such good English, I must add. The next question goes to Team C. When Derek channeled his feigned anger at the deputy chairman, who exactly was he representing? Your choices are A. His party B. His state C. His profession or D. His community I am not sure because later Mahua Moitra from his own party and who speaks English at least as well as him showed the interested media houses, if not the whole world, how to make baseless, hypocritical and passionate arguments without disrespecting the deputy chairman of the house, or for that matter, without insulting the goddess of learning. Who tears the pages of a book, even one that you do not believe a single word of? Only someone who has no respect for the culture of this country would do that. Whenever Mahua Moitra speaks, by the way, she is hailed as the next best orator after Winston Churchill or Jawaharlal Nehru. It could be because she has the knack of using her sophisticated accent, which makes even plagiarized points seem pregnant with profound pearls of perspicacity. Or it could be because she showed a middle finger on live TV to all the right-wingers. And if that were not enough, curse them so elegantly. So it was that Rajdeep Sardesai, a journalist who stands for journalism, much in the same way a money plan stands for capitalism, found her speech the most stirring speech of the monsoon session. I have a strong feeling that he heard this stirring speech while stirring the thumbs up in his old monk. Not that it matters, but the speech was on questioning the need for the PM Cares Fund. When the PMNRF already exists, PM Cares, which stands for Citizens Assistance and Relief in Emergency Situations, an outcome of the PM's love for acronyms, also shared by the Vice President, Venkaya Naidu, of course, has always raised eyebrows in the opposition. The reason actually has to do with PMNRF, which some call as Prime Minister Nehru's recurring fund, because the President of the Indian National Congress was always a part of the managing committee of this fund until 1985. At that time, Rajiv Gandhi, who was the then Prime Minister, transferred full control of the fund to the Prime Minister, which begs the question, whose relief was the relief fund for? You could imagine, therefore, the outrage over PM cares, because how can we question PMNRF? It's all in the family. I mean, if she who shall not be named cannot be named, then how can she who shall not be named be questioned? Later, 
the finance minister nirmala sitaraman went ballistic over such allegations thumping the table shouting transparency transparency and even snarkily asking if the congress does not want to use the funds in pmnrf because that would mean less money available to the jawaharlal nehru museum of course rajdeep neither found this speech stirring nor did he find the finance minister's spirit undeniable because well nirmala sitaraman does not have the suavity and the elegance of mahua moitra rajdeep in fact did not even find the speech worth a mention and moved on to question the timing and the intent behind the narcotics control bureau's summons to deepika padukone so much for rajdeep who could have been a patriot a brave journalist who pulls no punches a riot of colors in the otherwise drab world of indian journalism but instead he became what he is today a hate filled has been struggling to stay relevant by showing contempt to his detractors a senile sycophant who could very well blame his constipated countenance on some party's it cell and worse who tarnishes the republic of india by calling it a banana republic just because he despises his arch rival arnab goswami who runs republic tv his contempt for reality is driving him to insane moods where he teeters on the edge trying to find a balance contempt for reality will be a bane for many shubhratri i am not done yet that shubhratri is for rajdeep while we are on deep agenda driven propaganda peddling in the name of courageous journalism time selected narendra modi as one of the 100 most influential people in the world a list that also includes kamala harris of the chitti fame joe biden who is perhaps anosmic which explains why he likes sniffing dr tedros who will be remembered for years to come if we all somehow survive and ayushman khurana with a short note on him written by deepika padukone who is mentioned as an actor and the founder of the live love love foundation for mental health the list also includes someone who rana ayub had selected and time had agreed because let's accept it time has always been known for the most rigorous fact checking processes in the industry and let's face it no one does fact checking better than ayub you could give her any story and she would convert it into a real one using facts facts and nothing but facts the way she did with her book that even the supreme court had loved so much time while writing about narendra modi tells us that the key to democracy is not in fact free elections hmm who would have thought that democracy like freedom of speech is applicable only when your favorite party is in power i must say though that this is not a new argument at least it's been around in india since may 2014 the post trump us only got to know of the perils of democracy later if rahul gandhi were the pm now and even if our country were in greater doldrums than the us was during the great depression time would have published an article a day about what a great democracy india is and how bravely the people rejected the partisan and patriarchal politics of the parivar anyway time does not stop there for this is a great opportunity to tarnish india and hindus which is in fact a global industry in its own right i wouldn't call it as a startup though it's been around for decades but i must say that it is one of the fastest growing industries in the post modi era and we don't even need to fact check that one 
Remember the billion that Soros promised to fight nationalism in India? Time continues the rant that Modi has governed India as if no one else matters. What this means is that only Hindus, which time fact-checkingly tells us make up 80% of our population, matter to Modi. While it does not matter for the argument whether Hindus are actually 80% or 60% if you remove the converts who retain their Hindu identity for benefits and Hindus who consider themselves as some intellectual progenies of Mughal lords and British lords, what exactly does that statement mean? Modi has governed India as if no one else matters? I assume that the Ministry of Minority Affairs, which could be abbreviated to Momina if anyone in the ministry was allowed to have a sense of humour, exists so that Modi can govern India as if no one else matters. All their scholarships, fellowships and schemes such as Kunarhat, Sikhor Kamao, Ustad, Nai Roshni, Nai Udan, Naya Savera, Nai Manzil, all these are there so that Modi can govern India as if no one else matters. Yet, time blames the Hindu nationalist Bharatiya Janata Party for targeting India's Muslims, their own words, and concludes that the crucible of the pandemic became a pretense for stifling dissent and the world's most vibrant democracy fell deeper into shadow. I had tears in my eyes when I saw their love for democracy and their concern, their deep concern about our country. I could almost hear their voices whispering to them that India would be a much better democracy if only it had churches and mosques instead of temples. The FCRA amendment was finally passed in the parliament and I am fervently hoping that this does not make the Ministry of Minority Affairs more zealous than it already is. FCRA, which stands for Foreign Contribution Regulation Act or amendment now, may as well have stood for funds conduited recklessly across. I know conduit is not a verb, but that is the best word that I can think of for FCRA. I must confess that much of what I know about FCRA comes from the highly knowledgeable and persistent person behind the Twitter handle Baitu Kafi. The act was not really about regulation. It allowed funds to be recklessly transferred from one organization to another. It allowed high administrative costs which were simply used to buy influence that can be exploited for what else? Conversions. It allowed public servants to hold a position in an NGO and receive grants. Basically, FCRA was just a large sieve without the mesh net. The amendment, on the other hand, puts a spanner into all these convenient conduits and needless to say is bound to make Peter Subramani very angry. I dare say that Peter Subramani is already on frantic Zoom calls with his benefactors in Australia and Germany and Korea and the USA, the harvest season is near and this is like a lightning bolt from hell. Who, you may ask, is this Peter Subramani? And the answer, I would say, is in my debut book, Twisted Threads. For the benefit of those who came in late to Kansaratva, here is a short story. The tsunami had left a wave of devastation and Subramani clung to his life, almost dead. Just when he had given up all hope of a rescue, he saw a vulture-faced man with French beard, American money and Indian accent. I can save you, said the vulture-face and showed him a bag of rice. Subramani 
feebly extended his hand to touch the bag but the vulture face took it away and thrust forward a book instead subramani looked up weak and distraught into that crooked smile and accepted the book while the vulture face accepted his soul the vulture face blessed him and said by the grace of the lord i now name you peter and then added every time you say a hail mary you would get a 100 dollars go forth and multiply peter skeptical whispered hail mary and lo behold a benjamin was in his hand armed with hail mary peter went to the most remote villages and hills and tribal settlements and he saved the flock from eternal damnation and claimed the land for the lord and in every piece of land that he claimed he would build a mushroom if he faced hurdles usually from local leaders and administrators and counselors a hail mary or two would take care of him a single benjamin was no match for a gandhi anyway if someone asked him what his name was he would simply say subramani the fervor only grew in peter a fire in his heart and he wanted to do more more and larger mushrooms more flocks in the fold even more power and more influence and he had all the hail mary that he needed so he left his village and moved to the city where he met politicians and bureaucrats and industrialists and businessmen and it was amazing schools colleges malls and the biggest of them all in the state movies what a masterstroke that was it was worth all the months and years of efforts hail mary so that is a very short glimpse of the man all i can say is that whenever peter subramani said hail mary and found himself with a benjamin a 100 dollar bill the background process that was making this miracle possible was fcri peter by the way did not stop there for he went after and still goes after pretty much everything that is hindu in india with a relentless zeal and again to know more about how he does that retwisted threads today afternoon sp balasubramaniam passed away a legend whose dulcet voice transported us to heaven and today perhaps the heavens would be waiting to hear him om shanti so that's it folks thanks for listening to concise sansaratva and share your comments on twitter whether you liked it whether it's too short whether i should just wrap up and leave for the himalayas see you again next week may hanuman ji bless you all